I always think that what I've prepared really isn't adequate, but generally it works out because the Holy Spirit takes over and does what I can't do. So I believe that I have a word tonight that will bless you, hopefully educate you. Obviously, anybody that's heard me speak before knows I'm not a preacher. At best, I'm a teacher, and I, I believe I have something to teach you tonight that will be beneficial to you. But I always like to start with a joke. Uh, because it helps loosen me up. I don't know if it does anything for you or not, <laughs> but it helps loosen me up. So I heard about this Sunday school teacher that was teaching a class of five- and six-year-olds. And she was trying to illustrate a point, and she was, she said, so she said, if I sold everything I have and gave it all to the church, would I get to heaven? And all these five- and six-year-olds in harmony hollered out, no. So she said, well, if I came to the church and I mowed the lawn every week and I cleaned the church and, and tithed and everything like that, would I get to heaven? They all said a resounding no. So she was expecting a really great response that they'd really know the answer, how you get to heaven. So she said, well, how then would I get to heaven? And the room was pretty quiet for a little bit. And all of a sudden, the little boy from the back hollered out, you got to be dead. I have another really cute Sunday school class one, but I, can, I only get to tell one. I'm going to talk to you tonight about wisdom, and Sandra already preached half of my message, so I only got about 10 minutes now after she's through. So we'll get out early tonight. Not really, but that was a great introduction to what I'm going to talk about. Uh, those of you who have heard me speak before, you know I like definitions. I like to really understand the words that are the really important words. And wisdom is one of those really important words, and you hear it all the time. And, you know, most of the time we don't really think about what that word means. So I'm going to give you three definitions, three, a definition from three different sources. It's all three a definition of the same word, but it's from three different sources. And the first one is from the Webster's Dictionary. And it's pretty simple. It says, wisdom is the natural ability to understand things that most people cannot understand. Knowledge that is gained by having many experiences in life. Well, if that defined wisdom, I'd have a whole bunch of it because I've had lots of experiences. I'm going to be 77 in a couple months. So I've lived a long time and had lots of experiences, but I don't claim a whole lot of wisdom. The second definition is from the Strong's Concordance, or Strong's Dictionary in the back of the Concordance. And it says, well, and I was really disappointed in this definition because I thought that being the Strong's, it would be a really in-depth, uh, profound definition. I was disappointed. The Strong says, wisdom is skillful, the ability to apply knowledge in a most productive way. And that is good, you know, it, it means something, but I was kind of disappointed in it. So the best one that I found is from the Vines 
Bible dictionary. And it says that wisdom is the mastery of the art of living in accordance with God's expectations. The ability to make right choices at the opportune time. And I just thought that was really pretty good. Because any wisdom that you have that doesn't lead you to do things in accordance with God's word is not really wise. Because all wisdom dwells within God. And having the ability to make right choices at an opportune time is like gold. It can produce gold or money, lots of it. So, I really like the, the, the vine's definition, but that still didn't satisfy me because I thought there should be more to it. So, I discovered that there really are two components to wisdom. The first component is knowledge. And knowledge is the sum of what's been perceived, discovered, or learned. And you know, if you were getting ready to start a business and you wanted to be able to make wise choices in starting that business and hiring the right people and all that kind of thing, you'd want to have some knowledge, wouldn't you? If it was me, I'd want to go out and research that industry or that business and find out all I could find out about it and about the competition and all that before I ever started investing money. So you have to have some knowledge before you can have wisdom. But you have to have more than knowledge. The second component of wisdom is understanding. And listen to the definition of understanding. To perceive and comprehend the nature and significance of something. And to perceive how facts fit together. You know, I know have known in my lifetime in the business world people that could give you all the facts and figures about business, you know, what it took to make business work. But they didn't have the ability to put those facts and figures into a plan that would generate a business that was profitable and sustainable. So there's two components to be able to make wise choices, to have wisdom and make wise choices on a regular basis. And they are knowledge first and understanding second so that you can know how to use the knowledge that you have. And then uh, there really, well, I'm sure there's a whole lot more than this, but I've, I've chosen to talk tonight about four kinds of wisdom. You know, Pastor Bird had talked to us couple of weeks ago about the the gifts of the spirit and talked about the word of knowledge and word of wisdom and how that was one of the gifts and what I'm going to talk about tonight isn't primarily that although I will mention it a little in a little bit later but you remember that he told us that that the word of wisdom the word of knowledge were pieces of a whole puzzle and that uh, you may not even understand the word of knowledge that you're giving or the wisdom that you're receiving. You may not understand how that all fits together, but it's God's plan. Uh, that kind of wisdom is called 
revelatory wisdom. You remember Pastor Burke telling us that, that it was revelatory wisdom? And uh, look at Isaiah 11, 2. I have that right? Did I say that right? Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. That's Ecclesiastes. That isn't even Isaiah. That won't work. Isaiah 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord will, shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and, re, and understanding. And he, of course, he's talking about the Savior right now. But the same thing applies to us. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And that's sort of a definition of revelatory wisdom in that you may not understand the revelatory wisdom. It may not even seem like wisdom to you. But it is, because the Holy Spirit gave it to you. You remember, the gifts are distributed as, a, as God wills. Not as we will, but as God wills. So you don't have to accumulate a lot of knowledge or even understanding about the word of wisdom, the revelatory wisdom. Is it shiny? Uh, the second kind of wisdom is worldly wisdom and that's the kind of wisdom well it's the ability to apply worldly knowledge to accomplish worldly goals and you know a lot of times when we talk about things being worldly you know it has a real negative connotation and what I'm saying here isn't isn't negative it's it I'm not trying to convey a negative connotation as far as worldly wisdom is concerned because we all use it all the time and it's not a bad thing, it's just not the best kind of wisdom. But if, you're, if you have a job, and you work a job, and you're trying to succeed at that job, you have to apply some worldly wisdom in order to be successful at that. So that's not a bad thing, but it's not the best thing. Another kind of wisdom is devilish wisdom. And that's the ability to use knowledge to accomplish wicked goals. And we see that taking place all the time. There's, a, there's a, a really evil thing going on in Africa right now where they're running around in, you know, armed militia killing Christians, wiping out whole villages, Christian villages, and kidnapping young girls and all kinds of things like that. Well, they have some wisdom because they've accumulated some knowledge and they have an understanding of how to use that knowledge to accomplish the go their goals, which are evil. That's devilish wisdom. And there's an awful lot of that in this world. We want to avoid that kind, right? Mm -hmm. And then, <clears throat> the fourth kind of wisdom, excuse me, is godly wisdom. If you look at Joshua, verse 1. I mean, chapter 1, verse 8. 
It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And that's, a, that's, a, that's the formula for godly wisdom. All godly wisdom is inherent in this book. Every bit of it is in there. So, obviously, the more we know about this book, the more we'll be able to understand how it works, and the more we'll be able to, under, to apply it to our lives, and the more wisdom we'll be able to generate from what we understand. So, um, look at Proverbs verse 4, and I, I want to do that in the Amplified. Four, seven. And this is, this is a really, really good verse. It says, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. <laughs> skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. That's principle with an A-L instead of an L-E. Okay? There's a difference. Principle, spelled P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, it means the most important. The most important. So, wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. So, that's telling us that wisdom doesn't just happen. You know, a lot of people think that because you've lived a long time, you know, that you've generated wisdom just by being alive for almost 77 years. If that is the way it worked, boy, I'd be really wise. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't just come to you by osmosis. We have to get it. And it's that simple. It's not all that easy. Uh, the process, and it is a process, is that simple, but we have to work at it. Uh, look at 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. I've got that in this Bible somewhere. My poor Bible is really in bad shape. And I fixed it. I, I, you know, I fixed a lot of people's Bibles in this church. And I can't fix mine. I need some wisdom. Second Timothy 2, verse 15. says... I, I have to confess to you, I'm having trouble reading because it's about two hours before this service, I broke my glasses. So this is a very, very old pair that I can't see real well with. So 
Y'all bear with me if I don't read real well. Okay, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to be diligent. You have to work at it. You have to study. You have to gain knowledge. And as you gain knowledge, the more knowledge you gain and you start putting the pieces together, pretty soon you begin to develop real understanding of the knowledge that you have and how to apply that knowledge to situations that you face. And that is called wisdom. When you have the understanding to know how to properly apply the things that you know from God's Word, that's godly wisdom. And, you know, when Pastor Bert was talking about godly wisdom when he was talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, he made the, made the point that, you know, sometimes that godly wisdom, because you have studied and you have gained knowledge and all that, sometimes that just comes to you as a little in, inner witness. You, everybody know what I'm talking about? It's when that Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaks to your spirit directly and calls to your remembrance or to your understanding something that you've learned and helps you to know how to apply it. That's godly wisdom. That's the kind we really want to get. All those others are, you know, worldly wisdom is okay and it's useful and all that kind of thing. But if you have the godly wisdom, the worldly wisdom just kind of falls into place. It just happens if you have the godly wisdom. So we have to acquire knowledge. And then we have to become familiar enough with the facts to understand how they work. Look at Proverbs 1 in the Amplified. Proverbs 1. Where am I? Lost my place. Excuse me, Proverbs 2. No, Proverbs 1. Verse 2. Proverbs 1, verse 2. says that people may know how skillful and godly excuse me that people may know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction discern and comprehend the words of understanding and insight and receive instruction in wise dealings and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness righteousness justice and integrity so We've acquired knowledge, we've studied, show ourselves approved, we've acquired knowledge. Now we're beginning to understand how the knowledge that we have works and produces the result that we want. I'm going to read that again for me. As soon as I find it again. <laughs> Proverbs 1, oh, I know one. That people may know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction. Discern and comprehend the words of understanding and insight. And in my Bible, the words is not capitalized, but the words that they're talking about are the words that we get from this book. Not just any words, but the words that we get from this book. Receive instruction in wise dealing and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice, and integrity. And righteousness, justice, justice, and integrity just kind of goes with wisdom. 
you know, if you exercise godly wisdom, you're going to have these other attributes. They just go together. You can't really have one without having the rest of them. They just flow. Next, we have to seek God. You know, I, I have known people in my life that could quote a whole lot more of the Bible than I can. They, and you've heard Pastor Bert talk about his professor when he was in college who could quote the Bible backwards and forwards and was an atheist. So you can, you can get all this other, but there's some other things that we need to do. And if we look at James 1, uh, James 1, James 1, 5. I'm trying to hurry. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You know, my wife and I, whenever we face a tough situation and we're seeking some wisdom, you know, on how to deal with it. Uh, we quote that verse to, to each other, you know, or we go look it up together or whatever. Because that's a promise. That's a promise. And I can, I can testify that any time that we've done that, he has never failed to deliver on that promise in our life. And I guarantee you that we're not special to him any more than you. Well, we are special to him, but so are you. All of you are just as special to him as we are. So if he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you. But you've got to ask him. You have to ask him. You have to seek him for it. And I promise you he'll give it to you. <clears throat> and then sometimes it's just a matter of proper timing. <laughs> and... You know, I, I love this, this old verse in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 3, starting with verse 1. To everything there's a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. And it goes on to talk about a time to be born, a time to die, a time to sow, a time to reap, you know, a time to do everything. And what that tells you is that you may have all the knowledge that you could possibly need. And you may understand how it works. But it may not be the right time. And knowing the right time is also part of wisdom. It's not just about knowledge and understanding. It's about timing. And it's about God's timing. It's not about our timing. And here again, if we will seek God for the right timing when we have a decision to make... He'll tell you something. Sometimes he tells you to wait when, it, when you don't want to wait. I mean, you want now. Well, maybe I'm the only one that's that impatient, but I generally want it now. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. But there is a time for everything. That's not in there by accident. And then... 
if, you, if, if you're born again and you're filled with the Spirit, but you don't pray in tongues, you're missing out. You're missing out. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.4. Yeah, 14.4. This is a life verse. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. The second part of that, I'm not really going to talk about tonight, but when you speak in tongues, you get edification. That means that you get understanding, you get knowledge, you get understanding from, right from the Holy Spirit, right direct from the Holy Spirit. No middleman. Just comes directly to you. That's awesome. Now, If you're anything like me, when I first started pre uh, praying in tongues, and, you know, I'd pray four or five words, or, well, whatever they were, <laughs> they were unintelligible words to me, but then I would expect to get something right, just right away, just like that. It doesn't work. The Holy Spirit speaks to you in His timing, not in your timing. But He will speak to you. I promise you, he will speak to you. And he won't fail you. And then, we need to pray. Not in tongues, in English. I mean, we need to pray in tongues too, but we need to pray in English. So that we understand what we're praying for. Look at James 1, and we already read this, but we're going to read it again. 1, 5, and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, because he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, Uh, I want to expose myself a little bit here and, and tell you that a lot of times when I'm trying to apply faith, well, not a lot of times, but sometimes, when I'm trying to apply faith, I'm saying all the right things, but there's still doubt in my heart. And I used to really beat myself up over that. How can you expect to receive anything from God? You know, you're doubting. You're, your faith is so small. But you know, even we all have the same measure of faith. So if mine's small, yours is small too. But faith exercised is faith enlarged. You know, if you ever tried to build a muscle or build endurance or anything like that how do you do it you exercise it right if you want to build big biceps you got to do arm muscle things right if you want to build long distance endurance you got to run and you got to run a little more all the time keep building it up building it up our son in washington uh 
runs half marathons about every year. I don't know how he does that, but he does. You know, I mean, to run 13 miles, I think, he's not real bright. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't get it. But people that do that really enjoy it. And building your faith is the same way. You know, if you don't exercise your faith, if you don't try, if you don't try. And I have found in my life that the more I exercise my faith, the more doubt recedes. It just does. And I don't know how it does. I don't know how that works, but I know it works. So, I'm out of time. Just in time. I have a summary. Godly wisdom is available to every child of God. If you're a born-again child of God, wisdom is your birthright. You don't have to wonder if you can have it. You can have it. You got it the same way that you got salvation. The same way that you get healing. The same way that you get everything else that's promised to us as part of our salvation package. We have to seek it. And it often comes as an inner witness as the Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit. The more we know God's word, the more that inner witness will express itself. Because it, he will express himself to your spirit by the word. He will give you things that you know in the word when you need to know them. And that will produce the wisdom that you need to accomplish what God's given you to accomplish. Can I pray for y'all? Father God, we know that your wisdom is beyond measure. We can never fathom the depths or the heights or the width or the length of it. But what we do know is that your word has promised it to us if we'll seek it. And I pray, Father, that you'll enable everyone under my voice to know how and when and where to seek the information that they need from your word. I pray that as they study your word, as they read your word, that your spirit will bring that word out to them in everything that they need and in every way that they need it. And Father, we declare in Jesus' name that we won't experience devilish wisdom. We don't have to be concerned with that because God has given us the wisdom to defeat the devil and all the tools that we need to be able to accomplish that. And we claim that for every born-again child of God. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. We love you.